Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Movie Grouch and Fanboy. Yes, I've been left to record the intro all on my own. No fucking idea how it's going to go because I'm never the first one to speak. So this could go down many tangents, which has already started. So that's that. Why am I doing it on my own, y'all? So, um, so we recorded an interview with the guys from the Parapod. So on Monday, we released an interview with Ian Boldsworth. Then on Wednesday, we did a review of the Parapod movie, sort of like our normal podcast episode, but it was a bit difficult to do it in a traditional format because we'd obviously both been to see the film, we both like it. So we kind of just had a chat and review about it. And then we've got Barry's interview that we recorded a few weeks back now. Couldn't do the bloody intros together. So we've done one each. So book end of the week and you're listening to me on the final one. I feel sorry for you lot. I apologise for this because my voice isn't the best and I talk shit. Barry was wonderful with his time. Um, he gave us an hour and a half-ish, I think. Uh, obviously, we covered stuff about Parapod. We covered Jiu-Jitsu because I train a bit myself. He's an awesome dude. Super, super lovely to talk to. Again, really generous with the time. Can't say that enough of, of him and Ian. And we had a good time. And he told us he had a lovely time too. So we hope you lot enjoy it as much as we did enjoy doing it. Yeah, that's it really. So here's our chat with Barry. So thank you very much for doing this, by the way. Yeah, so, oh, thank, yeah. well, thank you for having me. And thank you for... Um, uh, arranging around my awkward I'm, I'm so weird I'm sort of the opposite to Ian in that um he gets up in like the afternoon and works through the night I sort of go the other way in that I go to bed really early and then I get up really early so so I understand that you know you've probably been messed around and trying to fit in so so thank you I do appreciate it no it, it worked quite well because you you were supposed to take some holiday but your work colleague had covid mm. which is a bit selfish mm. really um so your holiday got cancelled but you kind of said no i'm having the friday so it friday, just worked yeah. out really well uh, right. um, oh good good how was your rescue kitten yeah he's, yeah, he's all right mental yeah. like hit, but like the dog's mental anyway but the two of them together are just it's a handful <laughs> yeah he's, he's gorgeous though like he's um i think he's I think he's either like Siamese or might be even Bengal because I saw like a Bengal kitten and he looked exactly the same. But um, it's just trying to, we've got a golden retriever. So the dog is just full of love for everything and everybody. And when he sees the kitten, he's just like, oh, this is the most amazing thing ever. So we've got to try and just introduce them carefully. Yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of hoping, I'm hoping the cat just sort of gives him a swipe across the nose at some point because I think that will make him back off and he'll, like, we can't teach them that. No. We can cause, sort of say, like, we'll be gentle and all that yeah. sort of stuff, which is all we seem to yeah. be saying at the moment. I mean, but yeah, got to let them get on with it. They'll learn the hard way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Although I've realised, I don't know if Socks does this, but I forgot because our other cat died last year. So I forgot what it's like having a cat and a kitten because it's been years since I've had a kitten. And I was in the room with him the other day and he just sort of sat and looked above my head, stared for like probably like a good 30 mm. seconds, made a really weird yowling noise, like something had really upset him. And then he ran under the bed and I was sort of sat there like, what are you looking at? But oh, it's terrifying. I forgot they do that. Oh, yeah. yeah stuff it's- like that's freaky. I had two cats when I was um, when I was growing up and I remember being in the house and they ran up 
the it was just me in the house on my own my mom my dad was at work and my mom was she used to clean this like solicitor's office and I was in the house and it's about seven o'clock winter time it was dark and both the cats just walked through the living room and went up the stairs and it was one of those stairs where they go up and then it's like a square bit that it turns and they went yeah. up and they both sat on the square bit and they just looked at the landing and both of them the backs went up and the hair went and oh, so jumped no. out the window what i jumped it well it was the living room window i was downstairs but i was so right. scared that i didn't dare go into the hallway area, I just saw it through the door and I was like, oh no, I just jumped. I opened that, I jumped out the living room window. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you're talking about the cats then. I was like, whoa, were they really, really that terrifying? Yeah. No, just me. Just <laughs> see. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. So how's so how's life then? Are you getting back to gigging and stuff? Because obviously everything over lockdown kind of yeah, it's it's getting there slowly. I mean, it's it's very complicated in that I think stand up comedy is you know I'm I'm really not trying to be woe is me because honestly I'm really not. But it's been one of the things that's been hardest hit because it sort of sits in that is it venn diagram you know the two circles yeah. in the middle yeah. it sits in that sort of thing of being like like pubs so there was you know the pub rules and state your seats in order from your table yeah. and all that and also you you've got something that relies on having people buying tickets to be in somewhere as well so you'd you'd have this problem of that clubs were only having you know half capacities and then they so they only pay half fees which is fine yeah I, you know i understand that you know they've got to survive and they can't pay full fees for the acts when you know they're not getting a you know the full income but it then means that you know it for lots of acts it's not worth driving you know to manchester or edinburgh for yeah. half ease because you'll spend that on petrol anyway yeah. i think i think people think sometimes with stand up that people are like what you make 200 pound for 20 minutes work and it's like yeah but you don't see the eight hour round trip and you've got to take your accommodation out of that and your agency fees and your petrol yeah. you know you'll be lucky if you scrape a minimum wage yeah. you know but you know it's good I'm, I'm i'm you know it's not always like that sometimes you get one down the road and it's like costs you like three quid in petrol it's like Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um so it swings and roundabouts but when the fees get reduced it means it's sort of you know it, it makes it a lot harder for the industry to get back up on its feet but it'll get there eventually i, I don't think it'll be a hundred my personal thoughts anyways i don't think it'll be back to normal until much later in the year yeah no yeah. that's that have you with all the time that you've not been in have you had more time to write and has it given you a lot of ideas for material or have you suffered because you've not been out engaging in everyday society that you've had less to write about for your shows? Well, I've been sort of focusing a lot of my writing or more sort of recording stuff for um, for Patreon because I, I never knew how to sound edit and I never knew how to video edit. Right. I, I knew some crude basics and 
Patreon was such an important thing in the lockdown and just in terms of, you know, giving me, you know, some form of income. So I put my energies into into learning how to do things. So, I mean, if I listen to, you know, the the recordings and editing that I did when I first started, I listen to them now that they're, they're, they're totally different because now there's things like intro music, the sound dips in the right place as it goes up down. There's a bed, you know, sometimes get the wrong, sometimes it's a little bit too loud, too quiet, but, you know, it's a learning curve and and then learning video and how to edit and make that yeah. look good and how to not make it look like it's done on iMovie because I think sometimes you can spot an iMovie video a mile off and you want to try and you know I don't there's nothing wrong with iMovie but you want it to look a bit more a bit mm. more professional yeah sorry I'm doing jazz hands which is yeah. utterly useless <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the end we're, for we're, the no, we're enjoying sorry, them. we got it we yeah. understand it yeah <laughs> And also, like stand-ups, also that like that is probably the only art form where you can only practice in front of a live audience. Like mm. you can't practice in the mirror because you don't know how the jokes are going to hit. You don't know when you hit your beats and stuff. So yeah, I've, how do you feel about that? I've got a bit of anxiety about that at the moment because one of the things that I've got coming up and the the timing of it is. It, this is sort of happening right in the middle of all the of basically as the world's opened up everything's happened at once oh. and i'm going to be supporting john bishop on the call oh, wow oh, awesome yeah i'm going to be i'm not doing all, all of the shows i'm, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm doing just some shows for him and what i mainly do in stand-up is i'm, I'm mainly a compare so i mainly just talking to the audience and going on their feedback and mucking around and then introducing acts and things, you know, it's a lot more, it's a sort of different mindset to doing it, to doing a set where, you know, you're doing 20 minutes and you're doing joke, 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 joke. Yeah. But because I mainly do comparing mixed with COVID, I haven't done a set for a good couple yeah. of years and I've got it coming up and I literally can't find any, any gig where I can just because there's not that many running things so I'm going to have to do 20 minutes in front of a mirror doing the jokes just to sort of you yeah, know yeah. yeah grease the wheels a little bit otherwise yeah. I'm going to be in a theatre with 3,000 people asking some bloke on the front row what he does for a living <laughs> and um, then I think I think that could work can't it as a show I mean could work Ross, Ross Noble does it you know? Yeah, but he's amazing at it. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not really amazing at it. Um, I, I don't know. It feels like it's not what I've been employed to do. No, that's right. fair, yeah. No, mm. that, yeah, I suppose you owe it to John Bishop to, to put in the work. Yeah, I've been, yeah, yeah I've been booked to do a 20 minute comedy set, yeah. not, um, you know, ask if there's any stags or hands in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fair enough. That's fair. Yeah, no, that is a fair comment. Uh, that's awesome, though. That's uh, yeah, that's yeah, cool. That's, that's a really cool gig. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm uh, the ones I'm doing because uh, some of the bigger comics as they're coming back in and starting touring and, and things because obviously they're you know even though some of them are big and famous and on the tv and all that you know they're, they're desperate to get out on the road yeah. as well you know stand up is a love it's to, it's a passion yeah. you know i think i think as soon as you start doing it just for the money and don't get me wrong there are acts who do that but you can see it in their eyes and 
you you know it's it's a it's a passion you want to be doing it so all the big acts are desperate to get out on tour again and what some of the bigger acts like john bishop and jason manford what what they're doing is you know they're aware of how hard the circuit's been hit by covid and people have lost livelihoods you know it's you know comics aren't circuit comics certainly are nowhere near rich so they know how hard people have been hit so instead of just having one support act they're having two so they're they're saying you know we're going we're going to double the amount of work you know so we're going to pay double we're going to pay two acts to do the support and also where you know it's a way of introducing an extra person to people who may not ever see them before so it's kind of giving exposure to two acts instead of one at a show i think that's a really good thing to do because i mean they know that the audience are there to see them so putting two support acts on can be a bit of a gamble but you know these guys know what they're doing and you know it'll be obvious that it's coming from a good place and and the, the first one i'm doing i i couldn't be happier with because it's I'm doing it with a friend of mine called Haley Ellis who's one of my closest friends and I couldn't think of anybody I'd rather be backstage with doing that first gig back um so that's going to be that's going to be nice and then and then the one after that I'm doing it with a comedian called Matt Reed who uh, who I had a boxing match with once, but he's a very close, he's a very close friend as well. Enough, I had that episode of the Parapod on this morning where uh, I think Ian called him out for a fleek shot. <laughs> oh, really? Well, <laughs> he debates it, but I tell you now, he hit me there, which I Ooh, believe. That's the Vulcan Sorry. nerve grip, isn't it? That's you... the thing, yeah. So yeah. I get hit there and I go straight to the ground. And, yeah. you know, but I'm, do you know, I'm not, I, I never wanted to win that. I didn't go in that, you know, I did it. I, this sounds like a cliche and bullshit and I promise you it's not. I, I've not got the ego where I want to win. You know, yeah. it just it meant nothing to me other than, you know, when somebody comes to you with a charity like that, you, you can't say no. Yeah. You know, I, I get nervous going on stage. You know, I get really bad stage fright. But, you know, so going out into a ring in, in front of a thousand people where I'm definitely going to get hit, you yeah. know, that is anxiety on a different level. So winning yeah. didn't even come into my head. Um, so who knows? Maybe it wasn't a legal move, but I'm I'm not bothered. Well done, Matthew, on your win. Yeah, I guess now with like the BJJ training, it would probably look a bit Oh, I'd Just murder him now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to wrestle him to the ground and get him in headlocks and all the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm back doing that. And it's been, it, it's, it's a great skill to have. I didn't realise how much you can learn, how quickly. It was, mm. uh, it was a real surprise. And then when you just... All of a sudden, you just find yourself doing stuff instinctively, and it's like, oh, I, I had no idea how to do this yeah. before. And yeah, it's uh, um, so I'm having a little break from it just while I get sort of September out, out the way, and then then I'll be yeah. back into it. And I want to go and do some competitions and things. So, Are you going to compete? Yeah. Okay, that's exciting. Because like, like, I I I I train as well. Oh, amazing! But I'm not currently not training because I'm waiting on uh, an injury to heal. But I bloody love it too. I think it's it's what I've learned from not training is I've figured a lot out in about the sport and how 
I've gotten better in my head. Now I've just got to prove it on the mats. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been watching a lot of videos. I've been watching yeah. like, the online classes and things. And, yeah, yeah. and sometimes it's good to do that just to sit and watch and study the technique. And yeah, Because definitely. I think when you're doing it, sometimes you can be, you can overthink, or certainly I can, just overthink certain things. I mean, and I, I don't know how you get on with this, but I, I, I've got a real, I, I, I'm a very sweaty man right and I'm, it's quite embarrassing to admit but i sweat buckets when i'm doing the it the gyms get so hot as well yeah they do just this you know and you just, i end up getting paranoid and i've got like headbands now and things like that just to because it was like dripping sweat on strangers you know and, hey, i think it's like i think when you're that close to someone it's like and it's that yeah. hot it's normal especially if you're sparring quite hard it is mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you do get hot very quickly. And carrying someone's weight as well, it's not fun. Yeah, it's 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 tough, you know. it's And, yeah, it, I, it took me a while just to get over the anxiety of just how intimate it is, you know. Yeah. You, you, it, like, you couldn't be any closer to them. If you're any closer to them, like, yeah. you, you know, it's, yeah. it, it would be, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a gym. It'd be a swingers club. If, yeah. if you were any closer <laughs> to them, you know, and these are people you've just met and it's just like, yeah. right, wrap your like, legs around me, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's so true. Like the moment it really clicked for me was like, Oh, I've got to get over this is when, so there's a, like, do you have any 16 year olds in your class? Uh No. Right, so there's, so there's, so we've got a girl in our class. When I was, so when we were, when the gym was over 16, she's already a blue belt. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's one of the purple belt's daughters. And I was like, oh, rolling with her. Kicked my ass in seconds. Really? Because she knows so much more. And it's like, oh, okay. I get, I get way more about this now than I ever have done. Mm. And I'm like, because I'm six foot six. <laughs> I've never, but I've never, I've, I've never gone in with an ego and been like, I can kick people's ass. Mm. But the old cliche of jujitsu being humbling, they never, I've never felt so it's so true in that moment. Mm. Yeah, it's. I mean, like when when I started, we sort of got put into pairs, and it was a case of right, you've got, you can't when you can't just roll with anyone. You've got to, you know create a bubble with this person yeah, i think yeah. everybody was sort of just winging it and making up rules a bit yeah, yeah. um and i just got paired with this with this girl this poor girl who i'd never met who who was i'm not saying she was like really slim and petite but i'm, I'm twice the size of her um and and thankfully she she was good at it but there yeah. were times where I did just collapse on her and knock the wind out of her, purely <laughs> based on weight. And I know that's not a, that's sumo. That's not <laughs> jujitsu. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll get told off. I'm not told. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, 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 I end up waffling and taking things off in time. So I do apologise. No, it's fine. It's we fine. are here for the waffle and yeah, with the waffle and bollocks. Because I mean, we're effectively we're a movie podcast, so actually, we should probably direct stuff towards the movie as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, what belt are you? I'm only a white belt. So, only, so, so before lockdown, I got my third stripe in my white belt. Oh, nice. So my my goal last year was to get my blue belt by the end of. Wait, when did look? What year is it? Twenty one. So by yeah. by twenty by sort of December January, just gone. I wanted to try and really up my training and get my blue belt, but then obviously lockdowns happened and that stopped. And I've not been back since. 
Mm. So hopefully when I get back in life can kind of calm down a little bit and put a bit of focus in. Are you dreading that first one back? Yeah, I'm definitely going to go back gently and just go to like the easy 101 classes, the beginners classes again. Yeah, yeah. Find my feet and get get used to being in that situation again. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's like even the warm-up used to wipe me out. Uh, it, <laughs> some of it was fine. It was there was a couple of bits that I just was like, some of the guys are super athletic, and I'm just mm. like, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that warm up, let alone, you know. Yeah, no, it's fine. No, I'm looking forward to it. It'd be good. I just I like the first session. I think so. You you were kind of you bought a gi like about three or four sessions into it, I think, and we just bought like a super cheap one that. Yeah you found online and um so I would go and like pick him up and I would just see this sort of sweaty figure coming towards me like, in like a gray t-shirt which would be like completely dark like a lot darker than uh <laughs> and he was walking towards me and I was like something not right what what is going on and he got in the car and I said you do realize that the ghee trousers have split from like waistbound to crotch <laughs> Fortunately, he had like those sort of like short things that sort of protect stuff. But he was like, oh, I don't know when that happened. I was like, <laughs> Obviously, nobody else noticed because no. you didn't get checked out yeah. for being a sex pest. But <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my God. oh God. I tried putting my rash guard on the other day and it was a uh, God. It, it was awful. It was I couldn't get it down my back. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like oh, I need to go for a jog. Yeah. yeah, I feel that. Oh, so so obviously, yeah. Film is uh, so we've got our tickets for Bristol. We have oh, seen brilliant. it. By the yeah, way. we have seen it. So we came to the last screening in Bristol. Before yeah, just lockdown, before lockdown. Oh, okay, it's been kept under wraps so long. Sort of what happens yeah. in it and things. You know, it's amazing that it's not. You know that that everybody who's seen it has kind of not spoiled it for anyone else. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I've never said I've not seen any spoilers on the internet at all. So. But then again, I haven't been looking for them. But you know, it's yeah, you know, I'm 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 pleased that lots of people are gonna get sort of going okay. blind and you know get that experience. Cause because I think the film, I think if you were a fan of the parapod, I don't think I think within the first five minutes you realize that this is something it's not. It doesn't start with the tone that you think it will. I couldn't remember. I think it was it was at Edinburgh Vaults that, that happened. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. I haven't been. I'd like to go. Yeah, it's the old Ricky Vaults. It's okay. Um, yeah, that that's the two you you want to do, and it's. Uh, I, I I don't want to say too much about it to give it away, but. Uh, I just, I haven't taken it as a positive experience. Really? Really? That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, no, like in terms of activity, it's pretty full on. People say like loads of stuff happens in there, and if you think about like the history and kind of yeah, effectively what they did, it's not really uh, it's not surprising. Mm. But... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've always been honest about you know the ghost hunting and things and if nothing happens I don't mind saying nothing happens because it is like trying to catch lightning in a bottle but you know I I, I, do you know what I'm not going to say anymore no that's fair enough I like it's difficult I mean what maybe what we'll do is we'll talk about it when the film's out because it'd be good to touch base actually and talk about it yeah definitely yeah there's definitely questions that like now you're talking about it and thinking about scenes in that film that I would definitely like to unpack. 
mm. um, and get your definitely get your point of view on after the fact. But obviously, we can't do that before. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, once it's been out for a couple of couple of, yeah. couple of weeks, months, whatever, yeah. um, give me a shout and we'll, um, yeah, that'd be we'll cool yeah, that'd because be talk awesome. through the, the individuals, the specifics. Yeah. So. It'd be really good. Because like you saying that like it wasn't a positive experience, that's, you know, now, mm. you know, how, when did you make, when was the, when was that shot? I honestly can't remember. Oh, I, I, do you know what? You could date it because it was the day that Sean Hughes died. Because I remember, so so that's that's when it happened. Because I remember being in the car with Ian, and we were heading back down. I think we were heading sort of northwest, and we stopped um, to put air in the tires because one of the tires on the car kept going down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that because it's illegal to drive, <laughs> or might be. I don't know. But we we, we kept on filling the tires just to be safe. And I, I, yeah, I can remember Ian being in the in the garage and me looking at my phone and just seeing it pop up, and I was like, "Oh, so yeah, that's so it that was right, the okay. day it happened." But you, this happened in the middle of the night, so it was right. like midnight. It ticked up, yeah. so yeah, yeah. you know. What I mean. Did yeah. it? Did that happen then? Quite early on in filming, yeah, was it all sort of shot in sequence, or did you? jump about and do that i mean there's there's certain things that 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 jump about i mean in in things like in things that you see like like any strife for example it looks like we're just there for one night we weren't you know we we we, we were there longer it's just i mean as ian may say you know you you can't just show three nights of nothing happening (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know it's you know so there's there's certain things but yeah it it was it was fairly early on right and it sort of changed the direction of the film a bit yeah it must have done because you you then you know presumably if you're going into other haunted locations you Mm. must have been really feeling like what what's going to happen when i go in here am i going to see something what's going to must have really put you on edge It, it took me ages to um to relax i mean i i remember even that night I think, yeah, we drove back and we had a really early start the next day and I slept at Ian's and I slept on the on the sofa just with the sleeping bag and he's got all sorts of Muppets and toys around and things like that and I made him take them down. Oh. I, I said, I don't want to wake up and have anything looking at me. And yeah. it, it, it was... It was really, it really scared me and it, yeah. it really wow. got to me. And so, and I was like, right, I want the, you know, I'll put the lights low, but I don't want to be, you know, so eventually I drifted off to sleep. Yeah. And he sleeps with, um, he's got like sound effects on his phone. So he, so he has like, uh, and I get it because I hate this, I hate silence, I hate quiet. So, but what he does, he'll have like rainfall or like a like a thunderstorm or something, you know, oh. just like from an app on a phone, just yeah. creates an atmosphere. And what happened was his phone had jumped onto the Bluetooth of the sound bar in the living room where, where I was asleep. Oh, no. So I woke up and all I could hear was this. Oh. And I'm looking around the room like, like what the fuck, <laughs> you know? Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I was that scared that it, even an app on Ian's phone was scaring me at that point. Uh, I yeah. don't blame you. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it would. I think it, again, when you are when your senses are heightened like that, stuff like mm. that is definitely going to have an mm. effect. Mm, definitely, because obviously, like by the end of the film, that end scene where Ian disappears. Mm. Well, I was quite surprised by it. Like you seemed like quite unfazed by all of that. You seemed like pretty much in control, and because I thought, like from from seeing like the stuff that Thirties Drive and seeing how you'd kind of been in the vaults and how you'd reacted to that, when you get to the end, like you're kind of like, okay, so this is like a really haunted room. I'm just going to go in and sit. And I th- I think it might be an element of safety in numbers, in that you know, right? Ian was in in quotes the the active bit, and I had crew and people around me and right, okay. I was in a sort of safe zone again I don't want to say too much mm-hmm. yeah um but the the very last bit and I don't know what this is it's probably purely psychological but we weren't inside we were outside somewhere yeah and I think that once you I think once you take away an air of claustrophobia when yeah. basically I could see my car Right. And it's just like <laughs> shit kicks off, you can yeah. run to the like, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can, it, I can see yeah, my yeah. escape route. <laughs> yeah. <know>? Sure. <laughs> yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing it again, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Um... Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. Yeah. So how how did the East Drive thing feel? Like obviously being uh what kind of went down there? How, um, how was that? Well, <laughs> This is, the, I mean, Ian thinks, I mean, well, he thinks this about every house, but he, East Drive in particular, he's very much kind of, um, it's just a house. Mm. And in fact, we've been doing this, um, we've been doing this thing on Patreon called Ideas Man, which is yeah. me pitching an idea to him. And I had a pitch from this week that didn't get done for various reasons, but the pitch was... It was going to be called Least Haunted, like as an idea for a TV show. And it was about getting a house like 30 East Drive, you know, and you go in and it's, you know, it's got that smell of a 80s council house in that, you know, there's net curtains, the original carpets there, you know, and, and it was an old lady who lives there. So it had, you know, old lady smells to it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just my my idea was going to be to take somewhere like that, and then like get Carol Smiley and or whoever, and mm. just like totally redo it, like proper modern. You know mm. what I mean? Like you know, like posh taps, and like nice tables, like laminate flooring, yeah. make it look modern. Yeah. Right, and then you know get. A, a believer who may live local to the area then get somebody in and then see if they sense anything basically the, the idea was to see if the environment mm. triggers you know because i mean as time's gone on loads and loads of ghost hunting groups have gone in they'll you know they all put supposedly cursed and creepy dolls in and yeah. i don't know where i stand on that myself i wouldn't touch them you know don't <laughs> i've not you know sometimes it's better to err on the side of caution but it's like if you took all of that out and made it all mod cons is it mm. you know would it be scary and ditto like 
like in reverse, you know, like, you know, go and get like a wimpy home or something and just yeah. like, you know, just go inside and yeah, beat it up yeah. inside and then yeah. just yeah. say something happened in here when it didn't. So, so yeah, just basically just reverse it. So, so East Drive, it has, it has a feel to it, but obviously you've got to be aware that that feel is because of what you, what you see. Yeah. And I, I personally believe the house is haunted. I, I, I really do. I've had a couple of things happen there that I'm, I'm just like I can't explain how that happened yeah. and they've never been when I've been looking for it I think he strives the house that if you go in and say if there's anyone there make a noise can you touch yeah. one of us can you move something did that I don't think it works on that level I think it yeah. works on being ignored and disrespected right. so I've been in there with a lot of ghost hunting groups who sort of do the the kind of go uh, we're here. We're here as as friends. We're not here to harm you. Where mm. I don't think it reacts to that. I mm. I think I I don't want to say too much because it's not my story to tell. And it, and it did really upset someone. But I was in there once and we had a a, a mock birthday. It was somebody in the group's birthday, mm. and we were ignoring it. Essentially, we said let's have a birthday in this house, like like the family would have done, you know, when they yeah. lived here. So, you know, we had like a, a birthday cake and we got Monopoly out and we, you know, we had a, you know, we all had a glass of Prosecco. Uh, non-alcoholic, yeah. Bill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And we put a K2 meter, which is a little device that measures electromagnetic changes in the air and there whatever you think of ghosts or ghost hunting these things do work i mean i think their original use was probably finding cables and walls you know yeah. to find you know where things are and we've put it in the middle of the table and of course it just had the one green light on it and i just said whatever happens noises expands, just ignore it and we did and it built up and built up more and the lights eventually start flashing and someone in the group um got grabbed wow. very quite physically and quite strongly from underneath the table <gasps> and they were very very upset about it and yeah, I mean and that was the end of their night um uh Not the person that was having the birthday uh no it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> <Imagine>. <laughs> happy birthday I've got grabbed by a poltergeist <laughs> present nobody wants <laughs> i'm just being a little bit careful with it because the person who it happened to it, it wasn't you know a story that they would like dine out on now it's the sort yeah. of thing they would rather forget forever yeah. i think um yeah. so i'll not say any more about it but but yeah i there's things that happen in that house and i don't think that looking for them no. the traditional tricks work yeah if you think of the people that have lived there, that when there's been the most activity, it's been normal day-to-day -day life, hasn't it? It's not been, I guess, people going in looking. looking yeah, for. yeah. It was, it was just a family, yeah, just, just getting on with their business. A very normal, down-to-earth, working-class West Yorkshire yeah. family. You know, they weren't sat there every night going, "Can you move a marble?" You know, yeah. they would just, you know, yeah. try out yeah. their tea yeah. and go yeah. to sleep. So I love 
anything paranormal related i'm like super geeking out on all this stuff now okay. um, but i listened to a podcast where one of the guys went and did a ghost hunt in like an old i think it was like an abandoned old people's home or something like that okay and they said that the the guys that they were with were kind of trying the approach of like knocking on the door and asking people if they wanted a cup of tea and things like that just to sort of try and recreate the kind of I guess ambiance that would have been there when it was um, when it was used as an old people's home. You know that that kind of makes sense to me. I guess you know mm. you're going in, you're having a party. You're not or not party, but you're having like a gathering, like a a normal domestic situation. Mm. Yeah, you you recreate you essentially you yeah. recreating the conditions. Yeah, that the, exactly. That the haunted ha- originally yeah. happened in, and that's what you should be doing, as opposed yeah. to constantly calling out and asking you know yeah. move the glass or whatever so, yeah. like with with that experience at east drive and the parapod and the the sort of without belittling the like the way things went down your research etiquette has your outlook on doing research and your experiences have, have they changed at all since the film and since the parapod um like do you take things a bit more less at face value now and because oh, you've got, definitely because the point like especially since you've had these experiences in the movie and at east drive that you just told us about and then listening to the parapod and obviously it's a comedy podcast at the end of the day that's what it has become yeah how much is your outlook on it and and the work you put in and making sure that what you look at is basically bulletproof now like how much of it has it switched around for you well I, I would say that I'm a completely different person to when we started doing the podcast because nobody had ever sort of questioned anything. Mm. It was sort of just like, that's Barry, he goes ghost hunting. And, you, mm. know, you know, all my friends are comics and, you know, so I'd get the piss taken and things like that. But I generally, you know, ju- just be left to it. Nobody had ever called yeah. me out or questioned it. So then Ian started doing it. And of course, that as soon as that happened, the, the gaping holes became very apparent in, you know, my knowledge and uh, in my critical thinking and things like that. Now, I've, I've now learned through doing that, you know, how to approach things differently. And I do try and approach things differently. And I do try and learn from things like that. In terms of the sort of research side of things, um, it was so, that was really tricky because I'd have people sort of shouting going do your research do your research do your research and I do my research and I turn up and do it and it was boring it was rubbish and in the end like me and Ian had to come to an agreement of he was like just do it how you do it just just do it your way and stop listening to external people you you know stop trying to to do their thing you just just do it your way because that's what makes it work yeah. yeah, I mean, there was there was one which was Dulce Air Force Base. I think it was in the third series. And I just really gened up on it. And yeah. I knew it all. And Ian was just like, it's boring. It's boring. There was one that we did, which was about the Gelatov Pass, uh, about the about the skiers. Yeah, they were all found dead. And they worked out that they had cut their way out of their tent from the inside they fled from the inside of the tent so something happened and we did that and 
I really went to town on it, watched documentaries. There was um, there was a movie made about it. And so I watched that and then I sort of worked out which bits were factual and really put the research in. And uh, it was just not worth listening to because Ian would go, it was an avalanche. And then I'd go, there's no avalanches in that area. And that, and then that was it. It's just butting heads. There, there's no gift because it. Yeah. And then he, you, you, you know, it's just not worth, not yeah. worth putting out or listening to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite episode of the Parapod? I, I, I can't stand listening to my own voice. I hate really it. Hard. And I, I've, I've had to do it quite a lot, obviously, with things like editing and recording stuff. Yeah. And I hate hearing it. So I tend not to listen back to things yeah like if I don't have to like why would I put myself through yeah. that it's yeah. like yeah. like the boxing I've never watched the fight yeah. I, I, I know it's been filmed but I've never watched it I don't I, I don't need to see that and I don't need to to hear it a favorite I sort of people remember them better than I do I mean my memories my memory's terrible like like to the point where it's getting worrying and <laughs> like like i've genuinely spoken to a doctor about it because i actually forgot the login to my xbox the other day oh really and that's just a sequence of button pressings on the joypad to log into my account and i was just out of the controller thinking i can't remember what buttons i pressed to get into this that's well, kind just, of weird as well because a lot of it's like muscle memory it's isn't muscle it? memory yeah oh, and it's like oh my finger yeah. goes down and yeah I've done it for years and it's it's like being like can you imagine going to a cash point and just you don't know your pin you know that that's happened a few times so I'm gonna find out what's going on there favorite episode the one I remembered having the most fun doing is series series one episode nine the first taxi yeah I like those episodes because yeah, they're just they're so funny. They are fun. Yeah. And it, it's just hearing Ian make a, ask a question and you're just sort of like, right, well, we're going here now. Yeah, I've got a reason to move on quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you got a favourite scene or shot in the movie? Um, or a favourite day of shooting? There is a favourite scene that I've got, but I'm not going to say what it is because it gives a, it gives away a little too much. Okay. Okay. Favorite day of filming. I mean, it was quite tough. It it it, it was quite a, you know a tough shoot. I mean, it was it was professionally done. It was a proper film. You know, this wasn't mm. you know made yeah. on iPhones. You know, not that there's anything wrong with films made on iPhones, but you know, we it was a proper crew who've got to do big yeah. setups mm-hmm. and big shots and things like that. So you know that it could be quite a long day. Favorite day on it. It's all a bit of a blur to be honest in mm. in like it it was such a surreal experience because you know i've i've never wanted to be on on film i've never wanted to be on telly i know that yeah. some comics have got you know their five-year plan and you know they've got their own career mapped out in the head and then, then they get an agent who helps them follow that path i've never had anything like that mm. i've no like i don't want to be famous or anything like that so making a film was just a bit of, it's like being in the eye of a storm yeah and, yeah. I, and I don't think the storm's died yet I think I think once it's out and yeah. it's it's like I, I don't enjoy things at the time I'll enjoy them in retrospect it's like right okay I definitely look back on things with rose tinted specs 
and you know i i think at the time I, I don't appreciate things at the time but then you know a few years later i'll go god you were so privileged to do that mm. do you think that's like an anxiety thing because i find that like there's sometimes that like something will be happening and i'll be thinking well what if that happens or what if what if this goes on or, or what if that happens on the day and then actually when i look back on it i was like oh that was a really good day i really enjoyed that or it was a really good thing that we went and did and mm. even though worrying about stuff yeah 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 i i agree you can't enjoy it at the time because you've too many anxieties and i, th- mm. I think there's also you, you know when you know when you do something that's meant to be fun yeah and it's like it, you're questioning it going right there should be more fun than this why isn't this yeah. more fun <laughs> you're, like you're trying this? to force yeah. the fun out yeah 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 which, yeah which, which tarnishes the experience yeah but then if you don't do it if you just let it be the way it is and then look back on it you know with a bit of time you then go oh god that was amazing that we yeah yeah it's always the stuff that you've you've not got any expectations I think Mm. that's that's the thing when I when I've got no idea about how something's going to go whether I'm going to enjoy it if it's going to be any good that's the stuff that I've enjoyed the most and been like oh that's brilliant I'll do it again yeah the stuff where I kind of think this is going to be amazing uh it's yeah, yeah it always turns out not not living up to how I yeah so sometimes the best things are things that just just happen naturally you know yeah sorry we've got some have you got got sound issues yeah i can hear it crackling quite uh pleased that you didn't join too early this morning because there was a one point we were kind of just pulling leads out and blowing in the end of them that's how we used to fix computer games back in the day yeah Yeah, playing the cartridge to get a cartridge and yeah yeah Yeah. bit of spit bit of bit of (laughs) works makes it work I once had a job where our IT guy came down to fix somebody's computer and he bought this weird spray with him and he took out like the thing that was, I don't know, giving it dip or whatever, sprayed a bit of stuff on, stuck it back in. And my, my colleague just went, what does that do then? And he was like, I don't know. We'll just give it a go. <laughs> see if it works. I was like, yeah, we could have just fucking Googled that. <laughs> like, we just pulled you down. We could have fixed it ourselves. So. Yeah. I did it with WD-40. Yeah, that fixes everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah great for getting stickers off things as well wd-40 in swarfiga such 1970s 80s thing <laughs> always had a can of wd-40 i don't see it very often now do you know what that stands for water displacement way there go i only learned that about uh, a few weeks back what and it's 40 because it was the 40th attempt yeah i love I, I love pub trivia like that it's like, good to get yeah. one's out in the bag yeah, my favourite one's about um, Spandau Ballet. Ooh, oh, go on then. Don't know that one. Oh, this might be a bit dark. You, you know, the group Spandau Ballet, yeah. you know, they get their name. Spandau was a prison in World War Two. Okay. Where they executed people by hanging. And when your time was up, you were off to do the Spandau Ballet. And that's to do oh. with your feet dangling and twitching you're doing the spander yeah remember that when you're listening to gold yeah <laughs> yeah they claim that they didn't know uh, right they said they it was a bit of graffiti that they saw and took right. the name from so who knows that that actually leads on something i just thought about so your love of horror films yeah yeah obviously you believe in the paranormal and the weird and wonderful 
Hmm. Where did the love of horror come from? Which and which came first? They, they probably came both at the same time. I used to go to Amblin there, you know, the six weeks holidays from school. Hmm. I used yeah. to I used to go up there and stay at me nana's, and my cousin Sarah used to tell me ghost stories, and they used to really scare me. And then she was like, she would talk about scary films, and I'd be like, oh, what, what? It, it was, I think it was maybe the taboo of it, the sort of, yeah, you know, and it, you do get a, like fear causes adrenaline. And when the fear ends, you know, there's endorphins, you know, there's all sorts of chemicals going on when you're having a, you know, an emotional response to something. And pro- probably from, from there, really. Okay. I can remember watching like Hellraiser 2 was one of yeah. the, the first horror film I ever saw was called Freaky Fairy Tales. And I only saw about a third of it. And it scared the life out of me, really scared me. And I've seen it since and it's rubbish. It can't have been that bad if it got you into horror films. Well, I, th- I think I sort of enjoyed the, the, it's like, you know, I was terrified of like fairground rides when I was a kid, you know, really scared of fairground rides. And now I, and now I love them. Now I'm just like don't care when I go on right, those, like, you know. You yeah, I can't get you on a fairground ride. You're terrified that they like, always look so shunky. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Like when you say fairground, I mean, you know, it's hard to trust Alton Towers. Never mind. Yeah, like their rides keep breaking. You didn't get on any rides at Alton Towers because you couldn't fit in the seat. Yeah. You I think oh, we really? tried to get you here. Yeah, we tried to get him a nemesis. And he just sort of wandered out looking a bit dejected. And he was like, the woman nearly broke my collarbone trying to get the thing down. <laughs> I had like a crack. And I was just like, who the fuck thought this was a good idea, bringing a giant to a Because <laughs> I think there was only like one of the rides you managed to get on was really tame, but. <laughs> okay. I had, I had, I had like, it was an old school roller case. So it was like a fold down bar. But I had yeah. to sit in it on my own because my legs had to be so wide. <laughs> Proper man spreading. To hold me in. I think actually we we both tried to get in the car and then I had to get out. And then you, there's just a picture of you just going around, just looking so miserable. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, I was listening to an Ask the Industry Mm. So, an interview that you and Ian gave, and you were talking about obviously social media and how the reaction to various episodes were on social media. How's your relationship changed with social media over the course of the podcast and the movie? I don't use it as much. I sort of use it for just as a promotional tool, really, for things. And, you know, and if people, you know, write something to me that's, you know, generally nice and well spirit I'll I'll reply and you know I used to have a a bit of a rule that I'd reply to everyone yeah and in the end I had to I was talking to Ian about this yesterday in fact in the end I just did this thing where no one could reply because I got this anxiety of I haven't got physically got time to reply to everyone now yeah and I don't want people to think, oh, well, we comment and he doesn't reply now. Or he replied to them. Why doesn't he reply to me? And I don't want people to think I'm being a dick. So it's like, I just let no one comment. And then yeah. I haven't got that pressure. Yeah. But then it looks like, you know, that you don't want to engage with people. And it's like, yeah, I'm trying to sort it out in my own heads, trying to find the, the balance between all and nothing. You know, um, in terms of, I think... <sighs> At the end of the day, it, I, if I believe in ghosts and, and someone doesn't, 
which you know that t- to me it's just like as long as you're not hurting anyone you just believe what you yeah, want exactly. yeah, exactly. you know yeah. don't exactly. you know there's no need to go and call somebody a name on on twitter because of it and and then when people do that it you know it just just ruins your day a bit you know yeah. and sometimes when people get overly aggressive or yeah. you know over nasty or you know end up getting a bit personal it's you know but it doesn't happen like like it used to it may start yeah. again with the film but you know i'm probably i don't want to say i'm thick skinned i'm thicker skinned than i was i heard someone say like you should treat social media as if you're engaging in person i don't think it's perfect but i think if we could try and aim for that it'd be a much better place uh, yeah someone said to me pub rules you should do it with pub rules, which is if you wouldn't walk up to somebody in a pub and say it, yeah. then don't say it on social media. Otherwise, you're just a coward behind a yeah. keyboard. Yeah. Completely agree with that. Yeah. I think if you have anxiety or anything like that, mm. like you, you do overthink it. And I I know that I've left comments on stuff and just thought, shit, are they going to take that the wrong way? Am I going to upset them with that? And it, mm. it's just, you can't get it out of your head when mm. you're spiraling. Yeah, I understand what you're saying with kind of, you don't want to look like a, a dick. Yeah. And, and and I get it because there's nothing harder than trying to decipher than just a, a typed word because yeah. you, you, you can't get across tone. Yeah. You can't get across if you're joking or yeah. if you're being yeah. serious. And, and in the same way, it's very easy to read something that might be well-meaning as someone having a go and vice versa. So yeah. tone and context are really important yeah. and, and it makes it a bit trickier to do. But I think if everyone lived by pub rules, then it probably... It would be a better place. Sort of yeah. Yeah. But it'll never happen. No. You know, there's too many accounts which are like names followed by a load of numbers. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, a but picture of... bitter people. Yeah, and yeah, just and some really nasty stuff. And I, I, I used to be well, not not a keyboard warrior, but I used to be a big gamer mm. a few years ago. I'm still a big gamer now, but I, you know, I used to be very, very. I mean, I was, I was quite. I'm not blowing my own trumpet here, but I was quite highly ranked at a certain game. Call of Duty. No. Ah. Oh. No, 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 fucking noobs. <laughs> sorry i i said i said i said fucking noobs there and that that was that was the old barry because because <laughs> there was always you were either call of duty or you were gears of war and okay. both and both players looked down on each other right, like, okay. like we used to see it as some sort of unsophisticated noob camp fest and they used to see it you know gears as being some cartoon nonsense you know and so i sometimes think back in those days you know i would be somebody who'd get very into the games and right. get you know very animated especially in the chat and things like that and i think well you know you you know you're not no nobody's perfect so so i i'm aware that i've probably got carried away with things in the past so maybe people have got carried away with me so i try and have a bit of bit of perspective anyway yeah that's mm. good i think that's good i think i think if you can take time out and look back on it and just go oh, i was a bit of a dick i won't do that anymore that's only a good thing 
yeah or or apologize if, if you yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 absolutely yeah. just go listen i'm reading i th- i think there's nothing more i've got i'm going to be careful there's certain people i know who would never admit that they're wrong right whereas the people who i'm really close with are the sort of people who would ring me up and go listen i i did this or i said this I, and I'm really sorry. I was a bit a, di- a bit of a dick yeah. about it. I think to admit your feelings makes you such a bigger person. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think it makes you a better human if you because nobody is perfect. No, no, and we've all. all we've all done stuff that we'd rather we didn't. Oh, actually, God, you yeah. can't. You, you know, what, however, as long as you've got a hole in your ass, you can't stand there and deny yeah. that you didn't do something when you did. So I think, mm. yeah, I think you're right. If you can kind of say, do you know what? Yeah, I made that decision and it was a bad call and I'm really sorry and, I, you know, I've learned a lot from it. I won't do it again. Yeah. But it just, yeah, it just means that you're capable of growth. And mm. I, th- I, and I know things get a bit tricky when you get into things like cancel culture and, you know, when someone comes to fame or gets, you know, in the spotlight yeah. and then somebody will go and dig out a tweet. Oh, he's doing that. Did that they did eight years ago. Yeah. And sometimes, and don't get me wrong, sometimes the things that they've said are horrific, but, you know, this is eight years on, that person's probably grown, matured, yeah. Yeah. educated themselves a bit. I think sometimes you've kind of got to go, oh, yeah, I did do that, and I'm so regretful. And and you can't constantly punish people. Yeah, there has to be a road back. Yeah. There has yeah. to be. Because if you just keep hammering that person for something they fucked up on eight years ago or whatever, you don't know the consequences, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, yeah exactly, exactly. You've only got to look at how badly Friends has aged in terms of comedy and mm. some of the stuff that they they joke about there, you think, well, that wouldn't happen now. Yeah. You know, so if, if they're getting it wrong and that was like the height of comedy, comedy back in, I don't know, what? 2000s, late night. Yeah. It was, yeah. You know, then surely we can... We can forgive some old tweets yeah. from people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not excusing the people who have, who have written horrific things at all. I think it was Jim Jeffries. He he said on a special, and I know Jim splits opinion, but it, th- this made sense to me. He said, as a comedian, my job is to find where the line is and walk mm. as close as I can to it, move as yeah. close as I can, and I do it, and that's the joke. But yeah. then years later, if you move that line, the joke's yeah. still over there. You've moved the line. Yeah, that yeah. joke now is so it's, you know, I, yeah. I was yeah. listening to something on, oh, was it Radio 4 Extra ages ago? And oh, it was like an class. old. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was when I was decorating. And I think my dad was over. My dad really likes that. <laughs> it something like, it's like, it was like a Roy Hudd show or something like that. And they actually put at the beginning, they were like, you know, see some of the jokes in this, in this, uh, this episode are kind of were written at the time. And, you know, can we just sort of make allowances because it was the 70s and or 60s and nobody knew any better and all the rest of it. And it's, it's a bit sort of like, well, yeah, okay, I, I see where you're coming from, but it still gives you an insight into what people were doing at that time. It, mm. You can kind of see how stuff's changed and like how that those jokes aren't acceptable anymore, or kind of you can see an idea of what society yeah. was doing at that time. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I know exactly. I know exactly what you mean, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to whinge about cancel culture because people trying to make the world a better place is a very good thing. I think just sometimes mm. let's all just be a bit careful on how much we punish people for for, for their mistakes. Yeah, yeah, you've got to be realistic on what that achieves, and actually, surely we need to be able to see where we've been to know where we're going. Mm. Like some old tweets get piled in with the same as um. <sighs> Like Harvey Weinstein, what he done, mm. you know, it, that's all under council culture. And there's no, there's no, there's no separation between the two, you know? And I just don't think that's, that's right for saying some mean shit on Twitter. Mm. I don't think it's the same thing as what Weinstein did. Yeah. I mean, hopefully one day Twitter will just stop. Somebody will just turn it off and, you know, we'll all go to Instagram and I don't even go on that, to be honest. I, I put a picture up about once every six months and then forget about it. Um, you know, but, you know, it's just social media has its good side. And it's yeah, it, yeah does. it does. Sorry, Definitely. I opened quite a can of worms with that one, didn't I? Yeah, you did. No, 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 it's, no it, it's, it's absolutely fine. Go back onto the movie. <laughs> Can you read my writing? Yeah. I think, no, I can't use it. In terms of like making the film, obviously Ian was talking to us and saying about how he, how he kind of like broached the subject of making a film and that you'd done like the TV pilot. What was your reaction when he said, I think we need to do a movie? It made sense. It Mm. made sense. I was sort of curious as to, I was like, okay, how on earth do we do that? I I I think that was my sort of, my sort of initial reaction to it because he was completely right he says you know a a, you know a six-part series where you just find out at the end that somewhere he doesn't think is haunted and i do that would get me quick yeah so it made sense that it should be one feature length journey as such you Mm know so yeah i remember just thinking it's a great idea, but I don't know how on earth that's going to happen. And mm. then, you know, obviously it, it did. So Yeah. How did you find the whole process? Was it, did you enjoy it? Was it like, because obviously with the events that happened on the whole, do you do you feel it was a good thing? Um, I'm probably still, like say, in the middle of that whirlwind where, where you know, I mean, like, it's the same with anything, you know, there were good bits, there were bad bits, you know, and, you know, the again you know you can't say much without giving away what happens in the film so so yeah it's um yeah ask me in a yeah <laughs> I, I i think would you make another would you do it again would you make another movie uh what did uh what did he he said he would he said he would um ask- but what that would be he doesn't know because yeah. he said we asked whether you do like a mysteries and conspiracies, yeah. and he said it's never the same. It's never the crazy people that get shot, which is quite true. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. I hadn't thought about it like yeah. that until he so, yeah. read it that way. Mm. Um, ask me in a year again. It's I'm 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 too. You see, because I don't want to want the thing, and I'm not swerving. I'm not trying to swerve the question. I just I sort of can't answer it honestly because. I don't feel like the journey's finished, you know. Yeah. We're, we're, half, we're halfway on the journey. There's there's the other bit of it still yeah. to come. So, I mean, it would certainly have to be done differently, I, yeah. I think. Um, I probably, I think me and Ian are probably on the same same page with it, I yeah. think. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got promotion to do now, haven't you? Now that it's back coming out. And so you still, like you said, you have got a long way to go with it still. So yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. That's a fair answer. Saying ask me in a year when it's at the end of its mm. journey with regards to the release and promo. I think it yeah. it's like I'm halfway through a computer game and you're and yeah. then saying, yeah. is it a good game? And it's like, oh, well, I'll finish it. Then I'll, and, yeah, I'll yeah, give that's... you my so opinion. That's the problem with talking to plebs. We just assume like the movie's made and we're like, oh yeah, yeah. it's job done. <laughs> yeah, That's it done. now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Sort of COVID's made you pull into a lay-by on your journey. And you no, I, on, no, honestly, I'm I'm as plebeian as you get. Is that a word? <laughs> plebeian? Yeah, yeah, yeah plebeian. why not? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, you know, every day is a learning day. Just uh, a couple of like things that we would sort of talk about on our podcast. Do you have a favourite movie of all time? And do you have a separate film or are they the same film that is, if you're being objectively criticising it, is there a best film ever made of all time or are they one and the same? Um, I don't know. I, I, I struggle with, with this because I've got, like I, I've always said that I think the best film ever made and the film that I enjoy the most is the original Dawn of the Dead mm. but there's my go-to I've, my two go-to films to put on and watch aren't Dawn of the Dead like Aliens is just you know that that to me is a perfect film you know I the, the sequel yes yeah Okay. Yeah, the the one with the marines on the planet. Yeah, I I find it to be just perfect. Yeah, and and also Armageddon. Really, I think it's a phenomenal film. I I can I can read the script to you now. I know it that well. I've you know what? I was expecting you to say The Exorcist. I was expecting The Exorcist to be in there. It's a good film, but it's not one you can watch loads. No, um, that is true. Hey, but like giving your taste in film, that's a proper curveball. I'm going off of what I've heard on your podcast, not off of knowing you as a film fan. Mm. So maybe it isn't okay. If you, you know, if you're really friendly with you, maybe it isn't. But like as someone that's just heard your audio and talk about film, you saying I'm a good and I'm like, what? Yeah, I, I I know that everyone hates it. And don't get me wrong, I know it's really I don't, cheesy. I don't hate it. And that the, there's there's lines in it that um that that make me cringe when I watch it and like oh there's a there's a bit where Bruce Willis is looking at the um at, at the armadillo drilling into the planet and he just goes and he tr- does it with a straight face and but if you look in his eyes you can see the check <laughs> right <laughs> and he just goes dig 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 chew that iron bitch up right and it's awful it's awful but honestly i love an emotional film like armageddon without a doubt every time make me cry without a doubt terminator 2 the ending yeah every time yeah yeah Yeah, that is quite emotional just with the hand it's gladiator for me uh, that's one that gets me crying every time. Oh, really? Oh, right. And then when they pick him up instead of Caesar, and you're like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> oh, Ridley Scott, you... Uh, anyway, let's, let's not. That's the 
time we've been surprised by Armageddon. We've got a friend who's a, a major hip hop head, and we went to his wedding, and they had some fireworks at the end of the at the end of like the, the reception. And we were all kind of like, whoa, what music's going to come out? And he picked I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. And we were all like, what is going on? Really? <laughs> this is what you go with. And like, yeah. even now we still hear it on the radio. And we're like, oh, reminds us of Luke. Yeah. I, I've, I've got on, on, on my phone the Armageddon soundtrack. Now, there's two Armageddon soundtracks. There's one which is the sort of songs from the film that's got, you know, the Aerosmith and, and, and all that on. So it's got the song songs. But then there's the soundtrack which is you know the orchestral yeah. side of it uh by trevor rabin and i listen to that to get me to get if i'm driving back from a gig and i'm flagging and it's two in the morning i mm. just i'm not going to say the words because my phone will actually do it but i go hmm play the armageddon soundtrack by trevor rabin and then i'll say play launch and there's a track called launch it's about eight minutes long and it's the scene from the film from where the president gives the speech about the Bible calls this day Armageddon. And it's from that point to the point where they're literally in space. It's one long continuous bit of music, even in the film. And honestly, it gets me proper pumped when I'm driving because oh, I can visualise it in my head. You know, this, yeah, incredible. You that thing like where you kind of like you hear music like that. So. I have uh, problems with, so I used to watch this TV show, Supernatural, and uh, one of my friends made like a, a CD of kind of all the music that was in that. And I couldn't really listen to it in the car because it made me drive like a twat. Like it was on an American <laughs> road in like a muscle car and there was nobody else about. So I had to ban that from the car. Anything James Bond related, can't do that. So yeah, anything like space, I'd just sort of suddenly like, yeah, I'm in a spaceship, which is good <laughs> in a gym. Because sometimes I'll put stuff on and be like, yeah, I'm like an astronaut in training. That And that that kind of gets me through a workout. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I don't know exactly what you mean. I've, I've been on roller coasters before and shut my eyes and just replayed the dropship scene from Aliens. <laughs> you know, where they just, <laughs> and they're just getting thrown around as they go down. But in my head, I'm, you know, there in the earpiece oh. with Ripley. <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing. yeah, for sure. Like you know, life. So cool. You know, so you true. Just then got to go it's home so and do true. your tax return or your exactly. Yeah, so so like make it a bit more yeah. fun. Why yeah. not? Yeah. A couple of minutes living a living yeah. a different world. Yeah, for sure. Is that your favorite soundtrack then, as well? Favorite soundtrack to a film? Yeah, Armageddon. Yeah, without a doubt. And I urge anyone to listen to to launch. In fact, there was this thing, and because I, I I asked them to try and make it happen, but it happens in London where they they screen a film and they have a live orchestra doing this. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. did Star Wars, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did Aliens, right? Oh, they wow. did Aliens, and I remember saying it and being like, "Oh, I'd love to go that," but it's in London, and so I didn't go. And I watched some mobile phone footage and at the end and the credits are rolling and everyone stood up applauding the orchestra. And then yeah. James Cameron and Sigourney Weaver walk onto the stage and took a bow. And I was oh. like, no, why didn't that oh, go? No. They were in the room yeah. watching it as well. Oh, fuck. That sucks. I know. Next time you'll go. Oh, without a doubt, what I've suggested Armageddon, I, I said... In um, I think it was on some forum somewhere. I said, "Why not do Armageddon?" And it got loads of likes and people saying, "Yes, do or yes, Armageddon's a perfect score." Yeah. So if that happened, yeah, I'd go and say that, and that'd be so right. good. 
I'm all out of questions. Yeah, I think I feel yeah, I think we'll we comments. shall uh, we'll let you go. Do you yes. want to say goodbye properly? Yeah. Okay, go on. Then. Look, thank you for doing this. We really appreciate it. It's very no, kind. Thank you so, so much for, for having me on. And we'll see you in Bristol. Yeah. 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 Come say hello in, in, in Bristol. Yeah. It's gonna be yeah. weird going back there. I I remember that one because it was really I can remember being sat on the stairs right at the back of the stairs that took you up to the sort of upper level and somebody getting up to go to the toilet and now and they just looked and I was sat eating you know, a hot dog. <laughs> and I just thought, how weird must that be? Yeah. And I thought, I don't know how I would deal with that if I was like, you know, watching Armageddon. And yeah. you know, like Bruce Willis was like skinning up at the back or something, you know. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank right, you so much for having me. Sorry, your breathing is I can hear it. Annoying. Sorry, carry on. Prof a little You two have been together like, for a while, like, haven't you? Yeah. We have. Yeah. You should have seen what kicked off last night. So the dog woke us up in the middle of the night and I heard him and was like, what the fuck is that? And I thought he was ripping up the carpet. So I thought like, I'll go downstairs and see if he's all right. And actually needed to go outside, which is really unusual. And I went back up to sta- up the stairs and I was like, Blake, Blake, he's just had a lassie moment. He's just like communicated by banging at the back door and you literally just screamed at me what the fuck are you doing just go back to sleep and stop screaming in my face and then elbowed <laughs> me the pillow and I was like oh okay cool this is like happening, I was clearly it? still half asleep this is not how I normally am when, so I'm, fully, when I'm fully conscious that's not how yeah, I am just how normally. Yeah. Oh, that was just wonder yeah just yeah, yeah. just, just yeah, that moment there just going your breathing is really annoying you're fucking breathing Stop breathing, will you? <laughs> Fine, just breathe. Just, just breathe where I can't hear you. Kane Hodder, who was piercing in Friday yeah, the 13th. Yeah. Awesome. I met him once. He picked me up by my neck. Wow. Oh. Yeah, nearly. Uh, I, th- I think it surprised him. I don't think he expected the weight. <laughs> and um, <laughs> my, ne- my, my neck wasn't prepared to hold that weight either. <laughs> nearly blacked out. In fact, the picture, because somebody, because it was for a photo, and he did it, and he picked me up by my neck. The photo for that, it is what's used on the logo for the third series of the Parapod. The the half shot. Oh, oh right, okay. Yeah, Ian thought that Ian thought it was a good picture. So, yeah, that's cool. Ah, nice bit of awesome. knowledge. Yeah. <laughs>